Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Well, I have the opportunity to introduce a special speaker today. Um, not me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. That's enough. No, more, more. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm excited to share today. Pastor Steve um, asked me if I'd be willing to share, and I said, yeah. Um, the initial, initial thought I had to share was a little bit out of timing. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't share that one. Lord, what else do you want me to share? And I thought about it and was praying and... Um, just my heart has been stirred with the anticipation that God is going to do something amazing. God is at work. And as we are um, getting ready for our 21-day focus, Ignite, that just stirs my spirit. And I'm just excited about that. And um, then the Lord kind of revealed something to me that I want to uh, share with you this morning. So um, I'm going to be speaking on waiting on the Lord, kind of that place of we know God's at work, God's going to do something, hasn't happened yet, but waiting on the Lord. So that's that's what I'm speaking on this morning. Um, You know, the wait, what? It's like, you know, people, people say that in our culture, wait. What? Like, what? Are you serious? Like, waiting? Um, the, the thing is, waiting is contrary to our society's culture of instant gratification. We live in, a, in an age where things can happen quickly, right? We can do all sorts of things. Um, go ahead and put the next slide up. Uh, it's funny. I was at McDonald's a couple weekends ago. And um, I was going to pick up breakfast. I called, called my wife and asked her. She goes, no, I got breakfast at home. Uh, it's a great one. Come back. And I just, I run out to the, to the to Home Depot. I was, okay, well, I'm just going to get a coffee at McDonald's. So I go through the drive-thru. And I said, yeah, I just want a regular black coffee. And they're, okay, you know, a dollar at the first window. So I, I roll up to the first window, and there's nobody there. The, the gal who takes my money, I go in maybe once a week and get breakfast, She's not there. I knew who it was because I've seen her. I see her all the time. She wasn't there. So I'm, you know, just waiting in my car. I have the window down. And I'm waiting. And, you know, maybe 30 seconds, right? Okay. I can wait 30 seconds. Maybe she just stepped around, had to do something, talk to somebody or whatever. And I wait. And I wait a little more. Minute ticks by. I'm waiting. Two minutes tick by. I'm thinking, wait a minute. You know, like, this is fast food, right? And there's nobody else in line. There's no cars ahead of me. There's no cars behind me. I'm the only car, and I'm waiting at the first window. Two minutes have gone by, and this is a fast food place. And I'm kind of like, now I'm starting to wonder, did I get it wrong? I mean, did, did they say the second window? No, she said the first window. I wait, three minutes tick by, and I'm still waiting. And I'm like, and you're kind of in that. Well, I mean, should I like honk or should I, you know, get, you know, should I go forward? What? And finally, about four minutes, she comes back around. She goes, oh, sorry. And sorry about that. I didn't find out what was going on or whatever. And I said, she goes, oh, I'm really sorry. How are you doing? And I said, I said, I'm great. No problem. And I paid. And when I got my coffee and left. But it was that kind of that 
weird thing where we, something unexpected happened where it didn't go as you would expect it to go, you know? And, and um, I, I found that kind of funny, but very uh, symptomatic of, of uh, our culture and how much we want it now, you know? And God, give me an answer. I want it now. They can deliver my, my food at McDonald's in under a minute. Give it to me now. So I, I kind of found that uh, waiting on the Lord can kind of be contrary to our uh, society's um, kind of ethic, too. All right. Here's, a, here's another thing that kind of got stirred in me. Last week, Pastor Steve talked about the power of a word and the power of a seed. And he talked about sowing into our lives and speaking into what God has for us, claiming his word and not claiming the negative. And, you know, the thing about sowing is, is that uh, it can also involve waiting too, you know, that um, sometimes the harvest, when you put the seed in the ground, doesn't automatically spring up. You plant a pumpkin, you don't have a pumpkin in 10 minutes. Has anybody ever seen those uh, time-lapse videos of a seed growing? Right? And in like 60 seconds, you get the whole life of a plant and it kind of moves and it jerks around as it grows a little bit and, and changes. Well, wouldn't it be great if sometimes when we just prayed and asked God and sowed that that would be instant turnaround like that? But that's not really how God has orchestrated things very much. Uh, the harvests sometimes aren't instantaneous, but there's a promise. Seeds do what they do. But there's this time element involved. So it's important, and especially in that, to have in mind that you should be sowing ahead of time. Before you're in need, yes. sow ahead, yes. right? Pay it forward. Get it ready. Start, start sowing ahead, because somewhere down the road, you're going to need that harvest. Keep sowing continually. Sow always, and that harvest will come. That's part of waiting Okay, so then this thing that's kind of stirring in me with Ignite, right? It, it brought to me this picture of the countdown, the countdown to a rocket launch, right? The, the countdown, 10, 9, 8, 7. In that, there's, there's still this waiting as you're waiting. Has anybody ever seen a live rocket launch? Have you? Okay. I've, a couple of us have seen it. I'll tell you what. It's impressive. I had the opportunity. I was a young man. I was in high school. And um, I was involved with a missions outfit called Teen Missions. And it just so happened that their boot camp training area was in uh, Merritt Island, Florida, which is about four miles from the Kennedy Space Center. And while I was there, um, there was a space shuttle launch. So we all got on bus- buses and Went over, got a spot on, the, on the, the beach in a park somewhere, and we were about a mile and a half from the Kennedy Space Center. It was north up the coast. And so we're waiting, and we're kind of you know, looking up the coast. We're just waiting, waiting. Then all of a sudden, there's this bright flame, and it just starts to arc up into the sky, behind a cloud, then up, and then out like that. And it was 
you know, that's, wow, it's amazing. It's so bright and so intense. And we're a mile and a half away. It's so far away. And then like a minute and a half later, this roar. And it just goes on and on. And you, you can feel it. You're like, I'm so far away from this, but it's so powerful that the sound, even once it hits me after I've seen it already, sound travels slower than light. It's still so effective. It's amazing. It's, it's really cool. And I have that sense that God is getting ready to do something. And there's that sense of anticipation when you have a rocket launch. And it takes, it takes a long time to prepare for rocket launch. It's not just those 10 seconds, the last 10 second countdowns. I remember um, I, I kind of grew up, I saw the tail end of the Apollo missions and, as a little kid. And then it was a, a while before there was another manned space mission. I remember waiting to watch the shuttle launch, the very first space shuttle launch in the 80s on television, and how they started and stopped that countdown like four times. It took like four days to get through a 12-hour countdown because they get to a certain point, they go, oh, wait, we want to check the seals and valves again, and, and they wait 10 hours, they do the checks. But they, there's all this, but then even before that, there's all this prep on the rocket. It takes weeks, months even, to prepare before that happens. Has, has anybody seen this last week? Space, has anybody heard of SpaceX, first of all? SpaceX? Few of us have heard of SpaceX. They released a blooper reel this week. And it's all the failed rocket launches and landings that they've had over the past five or six years as they've been working out this process. SpaceX, by the way, for those that don't know, is a private space company that does launches. They're pretty cool. Anyway, um, I'm kind of that nerdy science geek and I'm, it, it kind of I, I like that sort of stuff. But yeah, anticipation for ignition. And ignition and ignite. I'm, I've kind of got that sense that God's going to do something. We're going to have an ignition when God pours out his power on us if we're ready for it. Now, the thing that really kind of got me going as I was looking ahead to this, I thought about what Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 2449, he said, and behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem and until ye be endued with power from on high. Now that's a little bit of King James there, but the thing is, he said, look, it's coming, but you got to wait. Yeah. <sighs> you got to wait. Oh, Lord, really? I got to wait? Why do I got to wait? Oh, man. Okay, but wait, and it's coming, and it's good. And that's kind of where I feel we are at as a congregation, that God has got some really good things for us. He's told us, wait, tarry. Tarry in Jerusalem. Now, it's interesting. The, the thing that, that he says here in the Greek is, let me get the word right. Kathisate, and it made me think what the, what, it, what the word means is like, sit down and stay. And Brittany's laughing because this is, this right here, when I'm doing my hand, this was our command that we taught our dog. We taught Jaira how to sit and stay. And those, we could just, we could just give him those hand commands and he'd, he'd get a snap, he'd look, 
give him sit, give him stay. And we could say it or we could just do it with our hand. It's sit, stay. But that's kind of what, what Jesus is telling his disciples. It's like, hey, don't get scattered. Don't go trying to do things that you're not supposed to do. Wait. Stay there. Yeah. Sit down. Siéntate. Right? Just sit. Take a seat. Just, just wait. Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that's hard for us. Amen? But there's some power in that. Now, the cool thing is, 120 days later, who knows what happens? Pentecost. Pentecost, right? They're in Jerusalem. Where are they at? In the upper room. They've been diligent. They've waited. And it says in Acts 1-4, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the promise, the Father had promised, which he said, you heard of me. And the wait there is a different Greek word, perimeno. And that means, peri means like around, and meno is kind of like to stay in place. So it's like to stay in this area, stay in the place where the answer's gonna come. Stay in the location where God can move, God can pour out his power, where the promise is coming. Stay there. And then in Acts 2, we see Pentecost. We see amazing things happening there. I, uh, I don't remember if I had that. Let me take a peek if I've got this somewhere else. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. We'll get to that one later. So, sit, stay. Stay in the location. Don't leave when God tells you to wait. <laughs> okay. Why wait? God, why wait? Why are we... Why would you do this to us? We're an impatient people. We like things now. Why wait? Well, there's some, there's some reasons I've got why we're supposed to wait. One of them is God's answers. How many know that when we ask for something, God has three basic answers? Does anybody know what those answers are? Yes, no, and wait. Not maybe, like mom or dad says. Yeah, can, I, can I sleep over at Jimmy's? Maybe. Well, with mom, maybe is yes. With dad, maybe is no, right? But that's not, that's not, no. Yes, no, and wait. Sometimes, Lord, I just need an answer right now. Wait. Come on, God. wait. Are you sure? Just tell me the answer. You wait. Oh, God. Yes, no, and wait. Sometimes those are God's answers. Why does he do it to us? Why wait? Well, it builds our faith. There's power in what God does in that. It can build our faith when we wait on him. It strengthens us. Oh, God. It's like tempering us in the fire. You know anything about tempering in the fire, Devin? A bit about that. Devin got to, got to blacksmith this weekend. And uh, there's, some, there's some things about tempering that it, you don't just stick something in the fire, pull it out, and it's ready to go. It takes some work. It takes some strengthening. It takes some shaping. And also, it builds our testimony. It's one of the things that Pastor Steve talked about last week, too, is how God is going to use our testimony. God is going to touch lives. God touches lives through our testimony. Yes, no, and wait. Oh, God. Galatians 6, 9 says, 
And let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we shall reap if we do not grow weary. In due time. That means not right now. It means down the road. It means somewhere it's going to happen if we're patient, if we don't give up, and if we don't peter out, that harvest is coming. That answer and that promise is coming. Hallelujah. How to wait. There's some things that as, as I was studying about this, there's a real, lot of really good good resources out there. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of verses in the word that talk about waiting. Um, but I just want to kind of run through some things about waiting. We should wait with pregnant expectancy. Pregnant expectancy. Just like when a woman is pregnant, there's a waiting. There's a process going on. There's, the baby isn't here yet, but there is something happening, and it is inevitable. It's happening. It's on its way. But as it continues to grow inside and continues to develop, there's something that's good that's coming, and it's pregnant expectancy. It's still it's such a sense of what I, what I have. And, and I'll tell you that uh, Hal, last night as he led prayer, he kept, he kept using the word expectation, expectation, expectation in, in how we have, you know, expect what God's doing, expectancy in what that's doing. And I'll tell you that that kept reverberating in my heart. Bethany Jacks, last Saturday night, she brought her guitar and she was playing as part of the worship band. And there's a cool thing. How many people have ever held a guitar and like strummed it, right? So when, when you pluck a string on a guitar or strum a string, the string moves and it snaps back and then it vibrates, right? And it, it causes this sound to resonate. And if you have an acoustic guitar, it echoes in that chamber and puts out a beautiful sound, right? But that's the way my heart felt as, as Hal kept using that expectation. My heart says like, yes, and it's reverberating, resonating with that. Like he's just strumming, strumming that top string on the guitar. Boom, expectation, expectation. I've just got that sense that God's doing something good. And when we wait, if we have that same expectation, a reverberation within us. Wow, it's powerful. Vigilance, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of scriptures about the watchman in the wall waiting and vigilant. If we wait, when we wait, we should be vigilant. And there's a military uh, term, military thing called stand to. Has anybody ever heard of stand to? Got a few that have heard of stand two. I was introduced to stand two in basic training. We do a little field exercise and we're out there. We dig our little holes. We sleep in our little things and we're up for an hour on, hour off watching. And then stand two is this time when everybody is, especially in the early morning, is supposed to get up, be alert and be ready. And usually an hour before dawn, you get everybody up, you get everybody in the defenses, you're ready for an attack. And the reason is because the early morning hours are the most, like right as it gets light, it's when the enemy can move and, and the enemy can come up on you. But if you're ready for them, you're stand to, you're vigilant, you're watchful, you have the, the ability 
to deal with anything that can happen then. And uh, yeah, it's not very fun to, you know, get up at 4 a.m. in the dark and go lay in a dirty hole and wait, you know, hoping that, that nothing will happen or you'll see them first or whatever. This expectation is vigilance. This is the sense of kind of how we're supposed to wait. It's not just passive, not just laid back. Jesus said to his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Could you not tarry one hour? The Garden of Gethsemane. Something incredibly profound and significant was happening there. As Jesus calls his disciples, we need to go pray because he's about to go through the crucifixion. And his disciples are like, yeah, Lord, let's go do it, okay. And there's all this adrenaline and, he, and all this stuff's going on. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to be, all right. We don't know exactly what's happening, but there's stuff going on, so we'll go and pray. But then Jesus goes and prays, and, and then he steps away a little bit. And then those guys are like, eh, thank you, Lord, and God bless you. And they got the nods going on. And finally, man, they're just, and Jesus comes back. Hey, couldn't you tarry one hour? Couldn't you wait? Couldn't you stay vigilant? Not asleep. Sleep is the wrong state of wakefulness. Wrong state. We need to wait with endurance, just like Galatians said. We need to wait with trust. Lord, I know I know the answer's not here yet. I know the breakthrough's not happened yet. I know that that promise isn't here yet, but I can trust you. I can trust you. Wait with focus. And this is a whole, this could be a whole other sermon on being focused in prayer and meditation and petition. But this is a, definitely a part of it. If we pray, wait, petition God, remind him. Oh God, you said it. In your word it says, oh God, you have promised me. I'm standing, I'm claiming. We are petitioning God meditating, focused on him. God, you're going to do something powerful and ignite. You are going to touch our house. You're going to revolutionize our lives. You're going to pour out. You are going to ignite us. That expectation, that focus, not squirrel. You know, not getting easily distracted by something else going on. Squirrel. But focused expectation. All right. Psalm 27 Verse 14, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Waiting strengthens and encourages us. David knew that it was critical to remind himself of this. That's an important thing in waiting. Sometimes I'm like, God, I've been waiting forever for four whole minutes, and it still hasn't happened. Hey, hurry up and Wait. That's another thing the army taught you. Hurry up and wait. But it's a good thing to remember. Okay, wait on the Lord. I can trust him. I believe him. I know he's got it. You're going to strengthen me. You are good. So the good thing is that waiting brings breakthrough. Waiting brings breakthrough. In Acts chapter 2, you see that follow-up from Luke 24 in Acts 1 where Jesus promises the disciples. In Acts chapter 2, we see Pentecost. You see the, the disciples in the upper room 
waiting, sitting, staying, hanging around, staying in the place of promise. They're waiting, and the breakthrough comes. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be an angel there in that scene, watching what's going on, watching what's going on with the disciples, but knowing what's coming, but knowing that one of the most significant outpourings of the Holy Spirit in history is about to be unleashed, that an amazing breakthrough is going to turn deniers into fiery apostles that's going to turn despondent young men into a generation that changes the world is incredible. Another example of that is Jericho, right? Children of Israel. Oh, we've been languishing in slavery in Egypt for generations. God brought us out, right? Okay, now we go, oh, wait. It's too big, too hard. And they spend 40 years wandering around the desert. And that generation finally is like, but God's ready to do. God's ready to, they're ready to finally get on board with God, right? Okay, we're ready to go. Let's go. Let's go and take the land. And they conquer some tribes outside. They conquer some peoples up. They're ready to actually enter the promised land. They go in. The first thing they face is this huge city with walls that are too tall, too thick, too deep. They don't have any siege equipment. They can't get in there. But what does God tell them to do? He kind of tells them to wait. Like, hey, this isn't, this isn't just a straight up assault. There's going to take some preparation. March around the city for seven days. Blow horns. Do, do this stuff, you know. And, okay, this is a different battle plan. It's a little bit unorthodox. But God was at work. That answer was coming. That breakthrough was going to happen if they waited and if they followed, if they trusted, and if they... They knew what God was going to do. And then God delivered. The walls fell. Their answer was there, their breakthrough. Waiting brings breakthrough. The other thing that waiting brings, it brings the answer. Waiting brings the answer. This is, as I was preparing this message, um, I was working on it and you know, just knowing that God's going to do something good. And last night in prayer, by the way, Saturday night prayer, is, it's on again. And it's an awesome place to be on Saturday nights. I highly encourage all of you, especially in this season of expectation, come out, feed the fire, stir yourself. Let's wait on the Lord there. So I encourage that. Last night, Saturday night prayer, I'm praying and I'm just, just really into what God's doing. And God just starts opening something up to me. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, God often opens up and shows things to me in a picture or an example and starts revealing stuff. So I started, it started last night and I thought about it as we're waiting on this expectancy of the snowpack. And in the Pacific Northwest, in the winter, we get snow accumulations in the mountains, right? In the mountains and glaciers, snow falls and stuff. But it, when the snow is up there, it's in a latent state or it's, it's inactive in terms of what it can do for us, 
right? Maybe or skiers, but I'm, I'm thinking more of the, the lifeblood of water that rejuvenates, invigorates, gives life. It's up there and it's waiting. But then has anybody ever been on a melting snowpack or lived somewhere where there's a lot of snow in the spring, you have a breakup as, it's, as it melts? So snow, as it starts to melt, it's like one drop will kind of melt. And the thing is, once you get a drop of liquid water, it can start to melt the other ice crystals and snow crystals around it. And so you get this little by little, the, the melt begins to happen. And as it, as it starts, it gains momentum. And now there's more water drops and more is being melted and more is being melting. And in, in our in our area, that melt translates into water coming down into the rivers and flowing out through, through our region. And it kind of, I was like, yeah, that's pretty neat, God. And, and then more spun out in this whole picture of the hydrological cycle. Does anybody remember hydrological cycle from your earth sciences class, maybe back in junior high or high school, right? So the hydrological cycle, and again, a science geek, and God does use this picture, I don't know why, but that's the way he wired me, and it works for me. The hydrological cycle. So you have the ocean, the vast ocean. Add sunlight, ocean plus sunlight. You get evaporation, right? So then the water that's in the ocean turns into water vapor, which is water molecules in their gaseous form, and then they float into the air, and they rise up. So you get the water vapor into the atmosphere, and then it goes higher, it gets cooler air, and it starts to condense and form clouds. And then those clouds, as they move over our great Pacific Northwest, mostly in the winter, tend to precipitate, and we get rain in the lowlands and snow in the mountains. And that continues to fall in that, the, in that whole cycle as the water comes back and goes from, from our area in rivers back to the ocean, the cycle begins again. So then the Lord started to kind of open that up to me a little bit. And uh, the ocean is like the Father and his, his limitless capacity to answer to his power to meet us in our situation. And you add the sun and you get this water start to be activated in the, in the atmosphere. The sun could be Jesus the sun or just God's power working, amen? And then, now the cool thing about how droplets form in the upper atmosphere, especially snow crystals, it takes something for the water vapor to coalesce around. It's usually a microscopic particle of dust. Those start there and then a little water droplet can start on it and then an, as a, a snow crystal is formed, it freezes and it starts to branch out a little bit and you add more droplets and they freeze and how many people have seen pictures of snowflakes under microscopes Right? They're amazing, they're beautiful, they're, they're six-sided the way the, the molecules form, and they're, they're different, not every one is the same. In fact, most of them are distinct. Uh, there's not been a, um, an exhaustive scientific study that's actually 
examined every snowflake that's every fall that's ever fallen to identify clearly whether they, there are two that are alike or not. I don't know, but there, there are enough that we could, we could probably never find two of the same, same in our lifetime if we were looking. But you have this little particle that kind of starts that, that droplet falling. And it starts to coalesce, and then it precipitates, and then you have that snowpack again, and the melt and release. And then the water flows down, and the orchards in eastern Washington, or the, the wheat fields, they use that water that's fallen in the mountains, and they water the seed that's been sown. And the seed and the water and sunlight together start to bring growth and start to bring that harvest. And as that comes in, in our typical year, we're at about the end of our summer drought period, right? Most of the time in the Northwest, we have two, three months of summer and not a lot of rain and it get dry. If you look in, the grass is, is yellow. But that life that comes, even in that period, our, North, our, our Heavenly Father was, was so amazing. He made this so that the river still run in the summer because the snow that was stored up over the winter continues to melt off, continues to melt off, continues to provide life for us. And the thing that God showed me is, uh, worship team, if you'd like to come up, the thing that God showed me as he was kind of revealing this to me and I was just kind of, Lord, you're awesome, said, you know, sometimes the answer to our petition can fall in a different location. Sometimes the answer can be falling as snow on Mount Rainier. And then the Squally River is going to deliver it to me. And it may not happen right now. And maybe that answer, as soon as I prayed it, is that water vapor starting to come off the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. And, and the thing is that the Bible gives us this picture of our prayers and our worship often as incense that rises to the heavens. Yeah. Incense that flows up. And sometimes, what, what's in incense? Incense is little particles particles of soot, little particles of that scented fragrance that's going up and it's going into the atmosphere. And those little particles can be that which God coalesces his answers around to fall and water us, to, to fall maybe directly on us as our fall rains come. Or maybe it's an answer in the dry season of our lives as God brings his promises to us as we pray and as we worship, as we seek with expectation God is going to do it. God is going to charge the atmosphere with his power and his life for us. I'd like everybody to stand. And um, we're going to sing uh, this song again. If you have anything, you want to just come up and pray. The altars are open. This isn't a heavy-duty altar call word, but this is just something I feel that's important for us to understand and to know and for us to press into, waiting on the Lord. But if you want to come up, you're welcome to. Um, but let's just, let's just go ahead and sing and just be mindful of how good He is. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 